social emotional learning it's the new way where culturally responsive meets innovation hey resilient ones my name is kristen hopkins founder of the dangers of the my education fund and creator of black sel i'm a social and emotional expert curriculum developer and social entrepreneur who believes in the holistic development of black youth and adults through culturally responsive and affirming resources. Welcome to the Black SEO Podcast, formerly known as Dangers of the Mind. A reminder of a couple of our house announcements, which will be our Black SEO Summit coming up in September. We are also looking for, um, if you wanna submit your applications to uh, participate as a vendor, or to participate as a speaker, those two things are still available. How do we get more Black men to enter into teaching? Um, and as well as, as the ones that um, enter into teaching, uh, research also shows for that demographic that they get pigeonholed into being deans and only dealing with behavior uh, within schools. And so how do we create this pipeline for our, our Black males to become leaders uh, within the educational system and see the uh, the trajectory of like, yes, you can you start as a teacher. With everything, there's a starting point. There's teacher, but then you can become assistant principal, then you can become principal, then you can become assistant superintendent, then you can become superintendent and think about um, that trajectory and how we need to do that to increase the amount of, of Black male teachers. Uh, so then, um, and as they learn about social emotional learning and think about how they incorporate that into their pedagogy, into their practices, that leads to creating an, the next generation of Black boys who also be learning those social emotional um, skills that they would need in order to be successful as well as to carry on the legacy of those that preceded them uh, to ensure our communities um, are... Uh, are, are thriving uh, with men who, Black men who have strong social emotional skills. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it, it really is telling that representation truly does matter. And when you see it in those settings or you don't see it in those settings, you don't see a reflection of yourself, um, it, makes, it makes it that much more unattainable because you don't realize what the options are out there for you. Um, so we know that unfortunately black boys in schools are our most vulnerable demographic in terms of both behavior issues as well as academics. Um, how do you see the competencies of SEL addressing those issues? Um, absolutely. So when I think one thing I like to, to dig deeper to is thinking about competencies and then indicators to those competencies. So what I find is we, we definitely, if, if you go around, even just in our group right now, like if we were to just say, you know, what is self-awareness? What is self-management? Um, first of all, these all are competencies that play a role in the development of our, of our Black boys um, and are essential uh, for them to have in order to thrive in school, to thrive in their community, and to thrive at home. Um, but I like to dig deeper because, because it can be so... Um, big big picture right like again people have multiple definitions of self-awareness if you go across what jamaican haitian nigerian Africa, you know you start digging in people are gonna start seeing a lot of things that um self-awareness self-management social awareness and social management are and we should definitely honor those um as we think about communities and all communities um as and, and the people in those communities as strengths 
Um, but I like to dig into uh, indicators. So like, uh, for example, if we think about self-awareness, what would it what would it be an indicator that we know a student is displaying self-awareness? It would be demonstrating awareness of their needs and emotions, maybe a sense of personal responsibility, right? Every Black boy needs to have a sense of personal responsibility. That is him displaying self-awareness. If you go to self-management, uh, we need Black boys to have the ability to manage their emotions, their needs and emotions. We need Black boys to demonstrate increasing levels of independence and the ability to set and achieve goals. But that would be him, that would be that young man displaying self-management. Um, you go to social awareness. We need Black boys to be able to demonstrate awareness of other people's roles, their emotions and perspectives. We need them to read and respond to social cues. That would be them developing or displaying the, the competency of social awareness. And so I think about why we want to dig there, because that right there resonates with people. Like nobody says, I don't want my son to have those skills, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we really dig into the competencies, but really set indicators uh, to those, or even when you look at Stephanie Jones's research, um, and she identified over 700 different social emotional skills, right? So we're talking about empathy, we're talking about compassion, um, where and and what and what some of these are, right? Why it's so important is this allows for a comprehensive man to be developed. This allows for healthy masculinity to be developed, uh, because those are. Uh, what black boys need in order to thrive in the world. I think about myself and I, I lead a team of 27 uh, people, but 25 of the people on my team are women, right? And so you can, we can, we can, uh, we can hypothesize what it could be like if I didn't have strong social emotional skills uh, to be able to lead that group especially having uh, awareness of their needs and emotions of uh, recognizing what they need um, and to be supportive and able to do what they need to do to do their jobs um, and feel comfortable coming to work. Uh, so uh, the competencies are essential, but really also digging into the indicators to reflect the behaviors that we're looking for young men to develop that are essential for them to thrive at school, at home, and in their community. That is the legacy of traditional and big media companies. And we've seen the narratives that they have put out about Black people and how those narratives uh, fuel our oppression. Yeah. You know, being able to, as a part of your media diet, have media that's coming from Black people and in particular Black people that want better for us. You just said a part of your media diet. Yeah. I have never, ever heard of those words together. Yeah. Yes. Like, Expand on media diet, like just- Yeah, so when we talk about media diet, we're thinking about the different media that you consume because mm. all of us are consuming different types of media every day. Yeah. And so if you think about what's on your media plate, where is your news and information coming from? And I, I think as black people too, like that are not in the media space, we don't look at media that seriously. Yeah. We're just clicking and turning the channel or we're scrolling, watching what we watch we, and just start just gossiping on, off of what we hear. We don't even know if it's a real credible source. And if you thought about your media diet, then you would think about what am I eating? What am I consuming? Where is it coming from? How is it fueling my health or how is it fueling, fueling my degradation? Mm, that's so good. So I feel like I want to like dig deeper into this about us as black people, how do we hold ourselves accountable and how, how can black people be more involved in just media in general? We have a, a, a social source or a responsibility to ourselves to have a media diet. I believe that's crucial. Um, and I also believe that protects us in many aspects mm -hmm. from trauma. Mm -hmm. Like if there's certain media outlets that 
you're only going to get gossip. Mm -hmm. And is it really feeding your soul, mm -hmm. right? Do you have other media outlets where you're going to get knowledge and insight and you're going to learn? Affirmation. Affirmation. It looks like you. It mm -hmm. feels like you. And mm -hmm. we believe in cultural affirmation around mm -hmm. here, right? And then even the cultural relevant piece, yeah. like it's relevant to my life. Yes. It speaks to my soul. Narrative is so core to our ability to get free, mm. like our stories. <laughs> They're literally, we're literally talking about our stories. Storytelling. Um, yeah. So when we tell our stories, it can literally be a reality check. If we think about it, like on an individual and independent yeah. level. Like if I just keep all my stories in my head mm -hmm. or keep them to myself, mm -hmm. I'm moving through the world with just my narrative and just my story. Mm -hmm. But when I share it with somebody else, then it helps me understand that like there's a whole different perspective out yep. there that can help me make meaning of the world around me. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what does it look like to do that on a systems level? Mm -hmm. Black as he. A lot of people know you as Sharonda Arnold Ocean, the brand. Yeah. Right? And so tell us a little bit about that brand first. What do you do on your Fridays? Yeah. <laughs> the brand is purpose to help us as women mm -hmm. see ourselves properly, whole, perfect, and complete. Mm. And what I do every Friday mm. is I drop a Friday nugget. Yes. And that nugget is just a dose of inspiration, yeah. a reminder Come on. to let you know, sis, you are it. She is you, yes. and you are her. And you are her, and yeah. So, mm. so that's what that's about. And you better love your damn self. It's it's more so of if I can say it's my alter ego. Yes, <laughs> come on, Beyonce with the uh, alter ego. <laughs> it's letters to myself, my my younger self, my older self, and my future self, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so, mm. on you better love your damn self. You're gonna see poetry, you're just going to see real life situations yeah. that we go through yeah. on a day to day basis in the past in the that you may go through yep. in the future. Yep. It's um, like scenario. Yeah, yeah. Right. Every yeah. scenario. Yeah. You Most always certainly. can re resonate with it though. Right. You know, right. you always are that sis that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And that's what I tell people. Anything that I post I'm talking to myself mm -hmm, first. Mm -hmm. like, And I think that's why it comes across. It's so authentic. Yes. Uh, because it's heartfelt. Because yep. it's really coming from me. Whether I'm in this situation right now. Whether I've experienced it in the past. Yeah. Or whether... I've it, whether someone has shared their story with mm -hmm, me and I'm mm -hmm. able to to birth something, some inspiration out of that. I love that. You know, yeah. and I feel like people need you yeah. and it, I appreciate you from the social emotional aspect yeah. and the industry that because this is all we do all day right is like pull out mm -hmm. these like pieces of people and say mm -hmm. this is what you need to do but it has to be intentional yeah. and so with the black community majority of your audience are black women yeah I believe, that follow you right yes. and you are preaching to the black women mm -hmm. so I appreciate you on behalf yeah. of black SEL because you are already doing SEL you are yes. instilling confidence in these women yes. you are Thank instilling you. management like mm -hmm. discipline like organizational yes. skills this is all self-management yeah. self-awareness responsible yes. decision making Girl, tell me what I'm doing I'm telling I'm you and you do it every day <laughs> Every Friday, okay? We can look forward to that. And yeah. then for you personally, 
to be so consistent. Yeah. You know when you start yeah. something, you like people follow people for consistency because yeah. if they like you, they're like, oh, we know she gonna drop that Friday mm-hmm. nugget. And you on the back end, yeah. you gotta be disciplined to drop that Friday nugget every Friday. Yeah. Even when you don't feel like it. Mm. Even when you woke up in the Friday, ate the Friday you thought yes. it would be, you still are dropping that for a sister that's waiting for mm-hmm. that nugget. You know what I'm saying? And that is yeah. discipline within you. Yeah. That is time management. You saying mm-hmm. I'm allotting a, a piece of my time yeah. to pour into someone that I don't even know. Right. right. And so you're already practicing social and emotional learning with intention, yes. but you don't even know that it's the wow. skills that you're practicing. Wow. And these right here are ways that it makes us better every day, but also right. self-management skills are really like the, the biggest skill that makes you um, successful. Right. I always say when you see somebody has mastered or has mm-hmm. or is successful, they have mastered self-management. Mm, They've mastered the time management. They've mastered mm-hmm. the self-discipline. They've mastered the self-motivation, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So it's so it, it, it's so good to see that because you you I, I want to acknowledge you and praise you for Thank that you. because a lot of times we don't acknowledge those things that yeah. may seem like. We just got to do it. Mm-hmm. You don't got to do that. You don't got to right. give them Friday nuggets. Nobody is <laughs> holding a gun in your head telling you to you give me a Friday nugget. You know what? And I always say nothing can conquer a person that won't quit. Mm. You know? Mm. That's good. It is the consistency. It's the consistency. It is the consistency that causes you to be able to crush your goals, to conquer your goals, yeah. to to for you to even believe in yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because we lose trust with ourselves oh, when we time. start, stop, start, stop, start, mm-hmm. stop. But it's in the consistency mm-hmm. and you doing the thing that mm-hmm. you say that you're going to do, mm-hmm. it's in that consistency that yeah. we build trust within ourselves. Ooh. And that th- we build confidence. Yeah. And that confidence helps us to trust. Stuff. Yes. I mean, just like yes. anybody, yep. right? Yep. Like you build trust in relationships mm-hmm. when people do what they say they're, they're going, going to, to do. do. Yeah. Yes. And we talked about this on a, our earlier episode about, because yeah. a lot of people don't realize, and I, I believe in social and emotional character development, which is yes. SECD. You can't do mm-hmm. social emotional learning without a character. What yeah. is your character? What are your core values? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times when we ask people what our core values, they be like, dang, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I, I know. never thought about that, right? I and when I go speak, I say, what's your core value? Write three down. Yeah. And then I ask them, I say, if you ask your best friend right now, yeah. what was my core values? Would it match with what you said? Yeah. And so it's so important that you say what you do and mm-hmm. you do what you say because that's, that's how that trust is built. And that's how those real relationships are formed. Yeah. I first started developing my curriculum in 2016. Yeah. Um, I brought it into an alternative school in Washington, D.C. Yeah. And um, I had kids that were shot five times at the age of 14. Oh kids God. that were addicted to K2, which is a synthetic mm, weed drug. Yes. I had kids that were um, dropping their babies off that were 13. So they were dropping their babies off before my class. Because they had a daycare. Trauma. They had a daycare in my school, like mm. the school. And... I was teaching a curriculum, a social emotional curriculum. At the time, it wasn't as popular, right? right? But I was innovative and I was a visionary and I said, I believe this is going to work. And I anointed yeah. my curriculum. I ain't going to hey, listen. Anointed before you, because hey. I knew that there was yeah. so much trauma in these little kids. Yes. But the one thing that I was doing, and I didn't even know, somebody came up to me and said, Oh my God, Kristen. This is cognitive behavior therapy. Yes, CBT. But it was just in a very innovative way. So mm-hmm. kids were making rap songs about their brokenness. Yeah. They was getting up and doing skits about fear. Yeah. And I just developed a curriculum that I wanted for myself growing up. Yes. So I created a safe space for these black kids to yeah. be able to come mm-hmm. and share their emotions, identify their emotions, and mm-hmm. see that we all have common emotions, that we all go through these struggles, mm-hmm. right? So 
how do you keep yourself sane? Because, you know, as a therapist and as someone that's in the field, what are your daily practices? Oh, wow. There's power in my routine in the morning. Like a lot of people say putting yourself first is selfish. Yeah, yeah. But no, no I am. I put myself first. Mm -hmm. That is my practice every morning when I wake up. Yeah. I put myself first. Mm -hmm. I am the most important person to myself. Yeah. Cause I give my babies and I give my yep. husbands. Yep. I, my hus I said, yeah, husband. Ooh, Lord, Lord, <laughs> I ain't got y'all. I only got one. I only got one. I only got one. He <laughs> made me double things. He made me all the things. But right. I give my husband yeah. and I give my babies some good yes. love, right? Yes. But the only reason and the only way I'm able to do that is because I pour into myself Come first. On. So essentially, I'm even more important. I'm more important. I'm the most important to person to myself. Yeah. I'm even more important to myself than my children. Because if I pour into me, I'm going to be able to take care of them. It's going to overflow. But if I neglect myself and I pour into them, and I pour into my husband, mm -hmm. and I'm constantly neglecting myself. Dry. I'm I'm not going to be any good for mm -hmm. myself. And eventually, what I'm pouring into them will stop. Ooh, yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So my I have a routine in the morning where I pray, I Come do on. affirmations, yes. I speak into myself, yes. and I get up and I get ready because yep. when you look good, you, you feel, feel good. good. You Come know, on. after you done prayed, you done poured Come into on. yourself, affirm yourself. You, you need to take good. care of this temple and yes. dress it up and look yes. in a way that um, that serves you. The the Black Panther Party, though, right, had a ten point program, and the very first thing that they listed <clears throat> was, "We want freedom." We want the power, right? We want the power to determine the destiny of our black community, liberation, right? Um, and these, these demands, right? This 10 point program is fed by, you know, the work that the NAACP was doing and other black power organizations were doing before black power was known as black power. You know, you can go as far back as 1901, the Niagara movement that was founded by um, W.E.B. Du Bois, right? Um, but what I found very interesting was that the the Black Panther Party, um, they quoted um, at the end of their 10-point program, they quoted, they quoted the Declaration of Independence, right? We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with <clears throat> certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, liberation, right? that the securities rights governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the government, right? That wherever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute a new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its power in such form as to them shall seem more likely to affect their safety and happiness, right? And it goes on to say, you know, but, when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object, events that designed to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security, right? And this framing, right, that was written by these white men in, in 1776, right, uh, was used by so many other uh, black folks that were organizing for liberation since their enslavement, since they were brought over by enslaved by um, Europeans during the uh, transatlantic slave trade. In fact, Dr. King was working off of this precipice at towards the end of his life, right? This kind of contradiction. And so 
um, you know, it, it, thinking about the historical kind of framework, right? Like the the pursuit of liberation as it pertains to BLM doesn't just exist to or relate to BLM. There's a long thread of people who have been um, contributing to that 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 container, and then also a long thread and history of counter organizing against it. Right, 1967, COINTELPRO was started by the FBI. That was that was designed to monitor Black resistance in the pursuit of liberation. Right. There were world social forums that were designed by organizers to kind of create and think about what a different world could look like. Right. What what a just world could look like. Um, and out of the U, out of the, the world form, the world social forum, the U.S. social forum was, was started. There was one in 2010 uh, with 20,000 people that showed up in Detroit. Right. Um, and actually, Durham, North Carolina, where I'm at now, hosted the Southeast Social Forum in 2006. Right. Um, and that 2010 was the same year as the Arab uprising um, and, you know, other historical moments that have happened where people are fighting for liberation or fighting for the material conditions to create the transformation, the leaders toward liberation that have been happening. Right. In 2013, um, you know, North Carolina became the first state in the United States to pay reparations to the victims of involuntary sterilization, which was passed in 1930, 1937 or so. Um, and that was the same year that George Zimmerman was acquitted of the brutal murder of Tavon Martin, right? And so I'm saying all that to say that in reality, like BLM is not act activated out of a vacuum. In fact, it's connected to a larger stream that contributes to the momentum that they have or had, you know what I mean? And the last U.S. social forum was in 2015, right? Which was the same year as one of the most volatile election cycles in the U.S. history with the election of Donald Trump, right? And now we're seeing all of this kind of play out right in front of us, right here on the news. If you just, if you look on, if you're on Twitter or you're looking at CNN or just texting anything, you're seeing like the kind of manifestation of all this stuff right here in front of you. So I don't know who else feels like they are in a, a college classroom right now, <laughs> but I feel like I just got a pre-course in African-American studies <laughs> and I am here for it. But how can SEL skills benefit the individuals who feel that they are victims of social discrimination? I think that, you know, our uh, we have an opportunity to, to kind of claim our realities, right, to redesign our, the world that we want to see. Um, and there was a um, an article I read about 10 years ago uh, after Trayvon Martin was murdered. Uh, that that was done by uh, a gentleman, a black man who was responsible for um, uh, setting the marketing trends for McDonald's and a few other organizations. This is how you saw kind of McDonald's become this like, you know, staple in black communities. They started to show black people in spaces and hip hop to to market to, to black people. But um, in his response to, to Trayvon Martin, uh, Trayvon Martin's murder, he wrote about how there was come a moment where Black America checks out or leave the United States, right? And not a physical leave, right? But a, a effectively like a social checkout um, that we've asked enough times for a social contract that would not be, that could not be fulfilled. And that Black people would become and Brown people and affected people would be tired of trying to negotiate, right? With, uh, with a place that didn't want to see us be full and be human. Right. Um, and I think that over the last, like, you know, 10 years or so, we've seen a lot of our movements move towards a kind of uh, a self-appreciation, right? You've seen Black Girl Magic, Black Boy Joy, uh, a celebration of Blackness uh, pop up in a lot of these spaces. And with that, 
Uh, we've seen like lots of other kind of ways toward people turning toward like emotional well-being, finding space to kind of like be well, right? And I think that's one of the one of the critical pieces to um, to the question you're asking. It's it's that it's that while things are going to be happening around us, what SEL provides us with, what social emotional awareness provides us with, is an opportunity to in the midst of it all, still find, um, you know, joy and happiness and fulfillment in our own individual selves that allow it to permeate around our community and create space for us to be well, uh, regardless of what the, the institutions and, and systems kind of try to do to us. Yeah, and I think it's really important that we also celebrate those small wins, like seeing all of that uh, media coverage and content put out there that promotes Black people in a positive light and seeing mm-hmm. how people are, uh, you know, taking that, sp- taking up their savings and, and making a trip to to West Africa or going back to, you know, different parts of, of the African continent just to be able to experience um, what that feels like and then really coming back and celebrating it. And I think it's, you know, uh, a lot of it happens during the height of COVID while everyone's home and everyone's on their computer screens and, and, and got their phones in their hands. And so um, I think it really was able to infuse into, um, you know, the our public it, at the right time. Welcome to Black SEL. Blackity, black, blackity, black. I think that's my best rendition yet okay before we start I just gotta you know everybody knows I am a singer at heart okay Kip might not be able to sing sing but my worship okay is my worship and I worship for Uh real um, so I want to just start by going into, you know, a favorite song I had growing up. You know, one of my songs was, uh, he's an old time God. Uh-huh. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. an old time <laughs> God. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know, and he may not come when we uh-huh. when him, uh-huh. but he's always on time. You know, do you yeah. have a song that just always resonated with you growing up? That you that you just loved. Wow, you know, for me, uh, one of them was uh, "I Will Trust." Come on, in uh, the Lord, uh, I will trust in the Lord. Ooh. I will trust in the Lord till I die, till I die. I will trust. Yeah, you know that was that was that was one of mine. You know what I'm saying? Make us want to trust singing like that. <laughs> But then they said this, though. But then they say, I'm going to stay on, Come on the battlefield. Yeah, you know. I Come mean, it's, And it was yeah. so, it was also so prophetic because it was like yep. they were speaking, those songs are speaking over our life to mm-hmm. trust in the midst of so much turmoil, yeah. trust in the midst of, you know, just every aspect of our life. And then when they said, I'm going to stay on the battlefield, mm-hmm. the consistency in the yep. fight even when you didn't know what was on the other side. Mm. Black SEL is so church, so the black church, is mm. so aligned with the black church. Mm. 